So hello and welcome to Startup 107 podcast. My name is Sumit Patil and in today's episode I'm joined by Nancy Gelish. Nancy is a founder of Rule Breaker based off Brooklyn, New York. Uh started in 2014. Nancy have also appeared on Shark Tank show. You have probably seen that episode. But Nancy first of all thank you so much for your time and welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much Sumit. I'm really excited to be here with you. Awesome. So tell us a bit more about yourself Nancy. Well as you said I'm based here in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. um about 6 years ago i had absolutely no thoughts of ever going into the food business i was working as a journalist um mostly for you know women's magazines like real simple prevention health i specialized in health and nutrition mm-hmm. and um but i i i kept on running into a problem So I had interviewed hundreds of doctors and nutritionists for my articles and I knew pretty much exactly what to eat to be healthy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the little problem was that I have a terrible terrible sweet tooth. I mean okay. it's a real I would eat dessert for breakfast every day, probably for every meal if I could. Okay. <laughs> And so um my desire to eat better was always coming up smack against my my sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. And um I would go to the health food store. I'm lucky enough to live right across the street from an amazing health food store here in Brooklyn. Okay. And I would go in and I would uh they ha- would have a pretty good rotation of new products and I'd go through them and I'd pick up you know um all the different kind of sweet treats that were supposed to be better for me lower in sugar <laughs> vegan um gluten-free all that stuff and I leave the store and I'd rip the first one open and with all this anticipation and unfortunately they almost always tasted like kind of lousy <laughs> <laughs> because they were tasting that good i would end up you know going to um the other store that i have across the street which is a little newsstand and buying oreos <laughs> okay okay <laughs> like that. And so I kept on running into this problem. I really felt like I couldn't find anything that um you know both satisfied my sweet tooth and didn't have a lot of crap in it. So anyway, with absolutely no intention of ever going into the food business, like I said, I started experimenting at home. Okay. Uh with my own treats. I'm like, okay, I know how to bake and mm-hmm. you know, I can do this. So I had read about brownies made with beans black mm-hmm. beans on okay. the internet mm-hmm. and i decided i would try some of those recipes and you know see what happened cuz brownies are my absolute favorite thing mm-hmm. and um the recipes were terrible <laughs> <laughs> well they were healthy but they didn't taste so good okay <laughs> they okay. really tasted like beans mm-hmm. but 
they had a very good brownie texture to them. So I figured, okay, you know, I will keep trying and I'll experiment. I love to bake and I love to experiment with stuff. And so literally for the next year, just for myself, I kept working on this recipe mm -hmm. and I switched over from black beans, which are very beany tasting, to chickpeas, which are not so beany tasting. Um, and I, after about a year, I came, I ate a lot of bad brownies and I had a lot of dirty dishes to do. <laughs> <laughs> I tortured my poor family by oh, making man. them eat really bad brownies. <laughs> But after a year or so, I mean, I had something that was really, really good. It tasted it like a real brownie. <laughs> and lo and behold, the first ingredient was chickpeas and it didn't have much sugar. <laughs> and uh, it was really delicious and it had all clean ingredients. And as a journalist, I had learned an awful lot about food sensitivities and allergies. And I wanted to make something that, you know, that I could eat and I could give out to my friends without worrying about whether it was going to give them some kind of reaction. Anyway, so they tasted really good. And I started giving them out to people and people started saying, wow, these are so good. You should actually sell those. And I was like, well, okay. And then I and this is <laughs> this changed my fate forever. Um, <laughs> I thought to myself, I'm tired of kind of tired of being a journalist. I had been doing it for about 20 years. I'm tired of it. <laughs> How hard could it be to start a food company? I'll try that. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, I've learned my lesson. It's really pretty darn hard. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I uh, took a, a leap of faith and I, um, that was in January uh, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a big trade show coming up uh, for natural products, including okay. food snacks mm -hmm. called Expo East. It's okay. in Baltimore. I booked a booth at Expo East and I thought I can get everything together in time and um yeah, and I was in the food business <laughs> wow. at that point. <laughs> that that's a great story, Nancy. So Thank it took you. it took a lot of experimentations for you, right, to to come up with the oh, right right set of ingredients. And, right? and, and you know, luckily, actually, I it's kind of good in a way that I was just doing it for myself, and I wasn't trying to launch a food product at that time because. Mm -hmm be kind of discouraging. And if I had felt like, oh my gosh, everything depends on, you know, whether this batch is going to be wonderful or not, it would have been hard. So um, yeah, it was, it was just a lot of fun actually. And then finally I had something that was really good and, you know, I decided to run with it. Um, what I didn't realize at the time. So at that first um, trade show, uh, I actually got my first orders, which were wonderful from retailers and I was okay. literally in business um <laughs> what I didn't realize at the time was the brownies I had created I had done a little shelf life experiment mm -hmm. I had two flavors actually I had our deep chocolate brownie and okay. then I had chocolate chunk blondie which mm -hmm. is like a chocolate chip cookie okay. and um uh those 
I had done a little experiment on my own to test the shelf life. Mm -hmm. And the shelf life was about three weeks. And I thought, well, that's a lot of time. You know, that's great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and I thought that. And then um, what happened, especially that first trade show and then at trade shows after that Mm -hmm. uh, for the next couple of years, um, these big retailers would come up to me and they would say, we love the taste of the product, mm-hmm. but we cannot deal with a three month uh, with a three week shelf life that is ridiculously short. Okay. You have to come back when it's nine months, okay. and then we'll talk to you. That's, so, so that's large amount of duration. It was. It was crazy. I thought, <laughs> how am I going to get from three weeks, which I thought was fantastic, <laughs> to nine months? Okay. So. I'm kind of leaping ahead a little bit, but um, about two years into the business, mm-hmm. I decided uh, I kept hearing this from so many stores I wanted to get into because I always wanted, once I did this, I always wanted to be a big national brand. I didn't want to just have Rule Breaker be in health food stores. I wanted it to be everywhere. So okay. everyone did. Mm-hmm. So um I kept on hearing from these big retailers like Kroger um, that, uh, which is the, for those of people who don't know, it's the biggest supermarket chain in the US that they loved it, but um, I had to improve the shelf life. So we, I went back to the drawing board and Mm -hmm. I had been using like actual cooked chickpeas as my first ingredient. And I reformulated completely with the help of a food scientist this time, which was really a good idea. (laughs) And we actually managed to make a shelf-stable brownie and blondie um, with the first ingredient chickpeas, only this time it's chickpea flour. And Mm -hmm. now uh, it's shelf-stable for a year. So I actually exceeded that nine months and it stays chewy and delicious the whole 12 months so that is brilliant nancy from three weeks to one year is a big leap right i wanted to ask you one question (laughs) on the same line so does it affect the test with the three weeks and the one year do you see any difference between both of those no so the weird part was i was really worried because you know i had spent as i told you more than a year coming up with the first formula and everybody loved it and we were getting great reviews (laughs) um You know, uh, uh, just as an aside, the one thing that uh, we weren't able to do with a three-week shelf life, though, was also sell online because we couldn't make it, package it, and ship it fast enough so that people would have time to eat it. So I knew I had to do something, but actually... I I ended up liking the new product. <laughs> okay. So that was real luck. And okay. and what happened was when we kind of cracked the code for <laughs> so I had two challenges for my product. <laughs> One was to create something that could be shelf stable and be okay. in a regular or be shipped online without expiring. And then the other was I wanted something that was chewy and delicious Mm. and tasted nothing like chickpeas because (laughs) chickpeas, even though they're less beany than black beans, they do have a, like a, they taste like beans. So I, that's one of the 
things I had been working on. Anyway, I have to say we achieved both of those things. And now we're able to do a whole bunch of flavors. I mean, we just re, so we have cho uh, chocolate brownies, mm -hmm. chocolate chunk blondies. We have birthday cake, uh, which has white chocolate chips okay. and sprinkles, natural sprinkles. We have um, something called peanutter chocolate chip, which is nut free, but tastes like peanut butter and chocolate chip cookie. Okay. We have ice, which we just came out with and okay. mint chocolate chip. So what happened was once we finally kind of cracked the code and came up with the basic formula, we've mm -hmm. been able to replicate it and turn out a lot of different flavors. Interesting. So are there any new flavors coming out in the next couple of maybe weeks or months? Yes. Well, we just literally launched um, our pumpkin spice bites. Um, mm -hmm. And then we also decided people, um, so we appeal not only to people who are health conscious or vegan or have allergies, but also a lot of parents, moms mm -hmm. and dads both are looking for healthy snacks that they can give their kids. And now that school is back in session that they can put in their lunch boxes or for instance, give out for Halloween, right? Mm -hmm. So we came up with these, um, these half size, smaller, we call them rule breaker juniors. Okay. They're individual wrap brownies and blondies, and we're mm -hmm. putting them in boxes of about 18 that, so we did this very cool, I know you guys are listening, and this is not a visual thing, but we did a very cool box that has a Halloween theme with a, with a skull and crossbones on it. <laughs> And, um, and, you know, so all, all someone has to do is just open the box and put it out. And so, you know, the kids can take from it at Halloween. Yep. And um, so we have that coming out basically on Monday. Wow. And then we have, um, and then we have one for holiday also. And we have, so with a snowman on it, and then we have a birthday cake with mm -hmm. all we have. Kids love our birthday cake flavor. We have that one coming out so that if you, if your kid is having a birthday at school, and mm -hmm. I don't know if you're aware, but um, kids are not allowed to bring any kind of nuts to school. So no more okay. peanut butter sandwiches. Nuts are banned in schools. Interesting. And that's because there are so many children with nut mm -hmm. allergies and kids who have nut allergies, they're very can be very severe reactions. So okay. our products mm -hmm. are top 11 allergen free, and that mm -hmm. includes peanuts and nuts. And they're mm -hmm. made and packaged at a bakery that doesn't allow any nuts in there at all. So okay. if your child is having a birthday at school, for instance, mm -hmm. and you need to bring something that you know is nut free to school mm -hmm. for your kid and all the other kids, even if your kid doesn't have a peanut allergy, um, you can, you know, our stuff is perfect. And so that's why we did those boxes Brilliant. of 18 to easier for parents. Awesome. That, that's great, Nancy. But the name Rule Breaker, first question, how many rules did you broke and how you came up with the name? <laughs> well, strangely enough, as a person, <laughs> I'm a pretty much of a goody two shoes. Okay. I don't really break that many rules in my, in my personal life. Interesting. But, um, you know, it was very, very, very 
very hard to come up with a name for a company, a food company. <laughs> and I literally locked myself in my office and I set, set up, I didn't even use a computer. I was just used a legal pad and mm -hmm. I just brainstormed for like, it took me two or three days. Um, being a journalist helped me a little bit come up with some names, but I, I wanted something, first of all, one of the problems this is going back to my earlier story about how I'd go into the health food store and I'd be so disappointed by what I tried, you know, as a healthy cookie or something. And they also were packaged. All the stuff that was healthy just looked really healthy and it didn't look like that much fun to eat. Okay. So, and it always had these, they had these names that were also very pure health and, you know, all very, like everything about the stuff that I was finding in this store. Now, remember, this is also, you know, like six years ago. Okay. It was, it all screamed healthy, 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 not fun. And I wanted something personally that would be fun to eat. So when we decided to, uh, when I decided to do this, I wanted to, I can't, wanted to come up with a name that was fun, that had a kind of a little bit of a rebel vibe. You can't see our packaging, but it's, 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 it's bright, bright colors and, and hopefully looks like it's going to be fun to eat. It doesn't scream healthy at you. And, um, and so the way we break the rules is, well, starting with chickpeas is pretty unusual in a, you know, a brownie or a cookie. And so I think we're actually, I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure we're the only ones doing it with a sweet baked snack. So okay. that's a pretty big way we break the rules because a lot of other competitors of ours um, I don't want to diss my competitors, but they have sugar as the first ingredient or rice flour or something like that. <laughs> and um, then we're also, you know, we don't use eggs or butter. We're completely vegan, 100% plant-based. And um, so, you know, we're, we look and taste like a brownie, but, you know, we break the rules just in about every way you can in terms of <laughs> ingredients. And so... That's Brilliant. how I came up with it. Brilliant. So you, you break the rules in a good way. That, that's good. Yeah. Sorry, that is my rule-breaking dog, Oscar, who's our company mascot, and but every once in a while starts. Okay. I, I think I, I did saw his uh, profile on the website. A... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was pretty funny. I, I find... Except when I'm not paying attention to him, and then he... Well, he barks or he likes to um, go through my recycling. I keep this big uh, uh, basket under my desk where I put any paper that I'm not, you know, I've used so that I can recycle it. And Oscar likes to go in there when I'm not paying enough attention, take it out. And he shreds it for me. He's being trying to be very helpful. Interesting. <laughs> so I end up usually at the end of the day with shredded paper all over my office. Brilliant, brilliant. Awesome. So Nancy, branding plays an important role, right? In CPG and yes. packaging is a part of it. Um, how did you come up with the packaging and the you know, colors and the themes of the packaging? Yes. So um, I, I knew that I really, uh, I, I'm actually the daughter of two artists. Interesting. Uh, both yes. However, okay. visual gene did not get passed along to me. <laughs> Great. <laughs> can't, draw, okay. can't do anything. I can cook and bake, but 
that. So I realized I really had to use a designer. Okay. And so um, I used a designer and, and they were able, I told them that I like these bright, fun colors from the 60s and, you know, like that, all those kind of like almost clashy colors that, you know, normally you wouldn't necessarily put together, but they're very eye-catching. And I did have this idea since I had been shopping, I told you all the all the other products at the health food store at that point were like in these brown paper bag type of wrappers. I wanted something that was really stand out. And so um, I was very lucky. I picked the right person and she came up with some, you know, incre an incredible logo and that we've trademarked. I, uh, that's very important. Anybody listening, make sure you trademark. <laughs> Okay. That's a whole other. Story. That's a good point. And then, um, and then, yeah, and so we've been able to just build on that. And mm -hmm. um, I think what's important for us, since we appeal to both adults but also children, mm -hmm. and you know, children who are asking for certain things from their parents when they're in the supermarket, uh, we wanted something that would also appeal to kids. Okay. So, for instance, one of the things we made an, a decision not to do was mm -hmm. we don't put anything about beans on okay. the front of the package. So okay. you have to put it over to see the chickpeas are the first ingredient because mm -hmm. we were trying to think about it from a kid's point of view and we didn't want him, go, him or her going, oh, beans, are you kidding me? <laughs> So we, we warn parents, please don't tell your children what the ingredients are. Just keep it to yourself. Uh, that's much better that way. Awesome. That's good. So, but yeah, branding is super important. And then, um, you know, frankly, uh, we weren't very involved in social media at the beginning, but since we have been for the past couple of years, branding is also very, very important on Instagram. And so we develop kind of a brand aesthetic. We want to show real people enjoying our snacks, you know, so we really try to make it all shapes and sizes, colors, everybody. So we're a very inclusive brand. And, um, and you know, again, those bright eye-catching colors. There's a lot of noise out there. So you really have to figure out how you're going to, um, you know, capture attention. Absolutely. I think I'm on the Instagram page right now and the content is pretty, you know, personalized, right? A lot of uh, individuals engaging with the uh, brand. So yeah. that, that's cool to see, right? Not just the products. And, yeah. Uh, and, and what's been great um, is that uh, after a while, we, we've developed um, some people who, you know, they actually generate content for us just as fans and they want okay. to show us videos and photos of them enjoying Rule Breaker. And so we get a lot of fan content too. And it's wonderful Brilliant. because, you know, yeah. And, and the best thing for me, actually, any kind <laughs> of interaction is when I see kids <laughs> enjoying it because kids, as a parent myself, I know this, kids <laughs> are the most brutal critics. And if they <laughs> don't like something they will tell you and usually it's spit out you know absolutely <laughs> absolutely that's so absolutely correct every, <laughs> so every time i see a kid you know on instagram or in person if i'm lucky enough enjoying our snacks then i feel like okay you know this i've done a good job here <laughs> brilliant, brilliant 
So are these like general fans, um, Nancy, or is it more of influencers marketing which you're doing? We do kind of a combo because we like to do things where we do giveaways on Instagram. We, you know, so like I was saying earlier, and this goes into the branding thing, there's a lot of noise out there. So mm -hmm. we do try to keep our customers engaged and we okay. also use marketing and we're starting to get into SMS marketing. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we want to do is give our uh our followers content that they'll enjoy that mm -hmm. calls out um, the the main advantages of the brand you know like if you have a food like you're sensitive to gluten well we're gluten free so we remind them of stuff like that then we do a lot of giveaways we do our giveaways ourselves okay uh, like we just gave out um i'll show you some a rule breaker mug <laughs> oh, that, that's cool yeah and so you know we like to keep people engaged and we'll mm -hmm. we'll team up with other like-minded brands mm -hmm. to do that and then we'll do stuff like it's very um well i have some pet uh causes that are very dear to my heart okay. and one of them is so imagine this you know that there are more people who are um in need of uh nutritious food than ever before and who are going to food banks because mm -hmm. things have happened with the economy and the pandemic. Well, now yes. imagine if you have a child or you yourself are not only needy in terms of food, but you also have an allergy. And so you can't go to most food banks and you can't, you know, even if they give you a big, if you have a if you have a gluten allergy, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. And you go to the food bank and you get these big boxes of pasta and stuff, it's not going to work for you. So there are food banks, not a lot, but there are food banks across the country that specialize and, and, and cater to people with food allergies. So we donate a fair amount of product to those food banks wow. so that people can get something that is, you know, take a nice treat along with the, um, you know, their main meal. Mm -hmm. uh, we're certainly not, you know, like we're not saying that we're a substitute for a nutritious meal, but everybody needs a treat, or at least I think so. <laughs> so we donate to those food banks and we had a really successful promotion um, mm -hmm. just ended a little while ago, but it was where we were, um, encouraging our followers, if they bought a bag of our rule breaker bites, which are these little bite-sized brownies and blondies, we would donate a bag to the food banks. And it wow. was really nice. We really had a gigantic response. We donated way more product than I thought we were going to do. And it Brilliant. really made me glad, you know, it costs a lot of money actually from <laughs> us, but it was it was really good to be able to do something like that. Yeah, that's so a great cause, Nancy. Possibly can, yeah. You know, it's a, it's they're kind of like a hidden group, people who have food, who are needy about food and also have allergies or kids with allergies. That's a great cause, Nancy. Brilliant. Thank you. Nancy, what is the <laughs> most challenging part of you know, building business in CBG industry? <laughs> so, I mean, there are so many challenges. <laughs> Um, well, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if this is what you're asking, so you can ask me again if it's not, but I will say that one of the things, the food business is very, it, it, it's literally challenging on, um, 
hour to hour, day by day basis. Something yeah. goes wrong, mm -hmm. sometimes terribly wrong um, every day. A piece of equipment breaks down, a truck doesn't come to pick up the order that is supposed to ship to your big customer. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many things. So I, I have, it's been very character building for me okay. to just kind of um, expect that these problems are going to happen mm -hmm. and to kind of just move forward one step at a time. I try not to get too upset or excited. And I find that if I do that, you know, you can solve your problems and then not only survive, but thrive, but you Absolutely. really have to be very Zen about it. So okay. I didn't start off as a very Zen person. <laughs> I was a little high strung. Okay. And the food business has definitely, you know, brought that out in me because otherwise you'd be, you know, running around hysterical all the time. So that, and also, um, just it evolves constantly. I mean, the pan, I thought we had it all down and we knew exactly what we were doing. And then the pandemic hit, we had a whole bunch of new challenges like our supply chain, you know, the people who made the ingredients were not making our ingredients. Um, and uh, people were Luckily, we were already selling online, but people were buying so much more online, you know, so luckily, um, our, all our supply chain issues were relatively minor, and they're all solved. So now we're, we have no problem producing our, our products. But, um, you know, just when you think you have something you understand how it's working, it mm -hmm. shifts and you've got to do something else. And so you really have to be, one of the reasons I actually like being a small company mm -hmm. is because uh, we have a very um, small decision hierarchy, higher, hierarchy. It's just me okay. and my COO and we make decisions very quickly and we pivot really quickly. Okay. And what's interesting is we actually have, um, Back in January, we took on our first investor, and it's okay. a big goods company called Grupo Bimbo. It's spelled okay. like Bimbo, but it's pronounced Bimbo. <laughs> and they own like Sarah Lee and um, Thomas's and Arnold's okay. and a bunch of really big, they're actually a global company, big, big brands. Okay. And uh, they're very good partners and they're very mm -hmm. helpful to us. But for them to ch change direction and start doing something else, it's really hard for them. And okay. one of the only advantages of being a small company is mm -hmm. being able to pivot and just, you know, decide one day you're going to do something different and the next day you're doing it, you know? So there are some advantages. Absolutely. So it's all about you know, adapting to the situations and you know, stepping the foot in the right I think direction. So I, I think it, so I don't know um, if there are any budding entrepreneurs listening to this, mm -hmm. but I think the ability to be flexible mm -hmm. and adapt to situations and also stay calm while you're doing it is very important. Those are, those are the qualities I've drawn most upon. More, much more important really on that 
understand the knowing everything about the food business or, you know, or being well connected. Those are the qualities that really matter, I think. Okay. Awesome. So Nancy, one of the aspect of, you know, uh, building a business in CPG industry is raising capital. Um, what yeah. would be your advice? One should bootstrap it by themselves or one should, you know, uh, reach out to investors. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's been a real roller coaster and I've pretty much done everything to raise money. So I bootstrapped for quite a while. And my advice to anybody who can do it is to try to do it as long as you possibly can, because okay. you want to build up your valuation as mm -hmm. high as you can before you go to for outside money. Mm -hmm. um, as you said, I was on Shark Tank. Um, I did not get a deal, <laughs> which I was kind of surprised about. They actually, the sharks uh, had to me what was a very strange reason, which is um, that they felt I had put too much money into my company. Yes. Every other investor I've talked to since then has felt the opposite way. But Interesting. Um, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I still don't understand it completely. But um, that turned out to be uh, an amazing experience mm -hmm. in terms of marketing because uh, the sharks tasted the products on air. They loved them, even Mr. Wonderful. I believe he said something along the lines of, wow, I expected these to taste like sand, but they're pretty good, <laughs> which is high praise coming from him. And then Laura and Barbara both chimed in and they really liked it. That was like gold because the truth is the viewers don't care if you make a deal or not. I mean, they're rooting for you. They want you to make a deal. But I was sitting watching when it finally aired, I was sitting watching um, on my laptop and you can see the sales in Amazon and on our own website in real time. And it was like, ding, 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 ding. Wow. <laughs> it was so much fun. And we had a gigantic boost. And then, and then about a month later, um, even though they had just started the season, something must have gone on. They maybe something they couldn't schedule an episode. They reran it and we okay. got another gigantic boost. So, uh, so that was one thing I tried. And mm -hmm. even though it didn't give me, um, you know, funding, it mm -hmm. really boosted sales and Absolutely. brand awareness. It was fantastic. So that was great. Um, then I did get these, uh, I, I was pitching like crazy at various events where mm -hmm. investors were okay. and um, uh, so that was another tactic that mm -hmm. I tried and um, luckily uh, at one of these events the guys from the venture group at this Grupo Bimbo were watching mm -hmm. and they invested in us so that was a wonderful thing and then I'm about to embark on my next uh, my next effort literally okay. uh, about two weeks, we're going to be launching something called a equity crowdfunding campaign. Are you okay. familiar with this? Yes, I think I'm familiar with the crowdfunding approach. Yes, yeah, so we had actually, it's it's a little different than Kickstarter. We actually did a Kickstarter campaign, um, but in this case, mm -hmm. it's on a it's on a platform called Republic.co, okay. and what you can do is. You can invest in startups, mm -hmm. and get a tiny piece of equity, 
depending, mm -hmm. well, or not so tiny, depending on how much you invest. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of CPG brands, as you probably know, have been very, very uh, successful on this. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, um, I'm thinking in particular of uh, my friend Alex Bear, who runs a company called Genius Juice, okay. which was also tank that's a really delicious coconut smoothie okay. and he just raised over a million dollars on wow. republic.co wow yeah that's great so we're talking pretty pretty big bucks and uh i don't know if i'll make it quite to that but i am um looking forward to uh one of the things that i love about republic is mm -hmm. it um uh, democratizes investing. So it's open to everybody and mm -hmm. you can literally invest starting at like $150. You can buy a little piece mm -hmm. of the company. And, um, and of course we plan to hopefully uh, exit and sell in three or four years. And mm -hmm. that, that's when people hopefully get a multiple of their investment back. Mm -hmm. But um, not only do does, is that appeal to me, but it also appeals to me in terms of, I think that when people have a little piece of your company, they kind of become brand ambassadors for you. Absolutely. And it ends up being a great marketing thing mm -hmm. as well. I'm always looking for um, things that have more than one benefit, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to marketing, because that's where I would put the funding. Actually, mm -hmm. I have my manufacturing process down, you know, I have, uh, where we have a good, healthy margin. We have, uh, we don't pay too much for our ingredients, but marketing is where I need to put money. So in any case, it's really great that these more people get to know about you and, you know, hopefully tell their friends if, if they like it. And especially if they own a little piece of the company. So um, I don't know how it's going to go yet, but I'm very excited about it. Brilliant. Fancy. I think with your, 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 your appearance on Shark Tank, this is going to be huge. I think a lot of people, you know, knows you. Like, uh, and to be honest with you, it was one of the most entertaining pitch, which I ever saw on Shark Tank. So. <laughs> Thanks. I, I, first, I, I, as you can tell, I'm not shy. And I really, I, I enjoy it tremendously. I, so this is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. So, um, right. It was a very intense period of time because, because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. they um, actually, uh, filmed it in a bubble at the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas. Okay. And I had to quarantine for 10 days in my hotel room by myself. Okay. And then they just let me out <laughs> to film the episode. And then okay. I came back to the hotel room and left, which was, I thought it was going to be great being by myself for, for 10 <laughs> days and not having to cook or clean or run my business. Yeah, it was horrible. So, but then, but then I really, really enjoyed actually being in front of the sharks. It was a fabulous experience. And actually they were very kind to yes. me, even though they gave me a deal. Yep. And, but this is funny afterwards, <laughs> right after you walk off the stage, they, shove a microphone in your face and they make you, um, you know, record that last little bit, you know, oh, the sharks are going to be sorry or, oh, they gave me good advice and, you know, I'm going to take okay. it. That's kind of what I said. And then they send you directly to a psychologist. Oh, that's... <laughs> they have a psychologist right there. <laughs> okay. 
That's interesting. <laughs> Whether you get a deal or you don't, they send you directly to the psychologist to okay. kind of come down because it's such a like adre adrenaline rush and it's mm -hmm. so intense that they, I guess they figure people really need, especially the people who don't get a deal, really need, oh, yes. you know, that <laughs> ability. Okay. He talked down. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I never knew this, Nancy. This was this was pretty pretty good insight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Anyway, it, it was a great experience. And the people, I have to say, the producers and everybody were just fabulous. So <laughs> awesome. Nancy, how, how does one get into Shop Tank? Did you have some connections or do we have to apply? Oh somewhere? no, I had no connections. That was quite that was actually has the most difficult. One of the most difficult things I've ever done, it took about a year, first of oh, all. Okay. So you can't, yeah, you go onto their website, you submit a little thing about yourself. If they like that, mm -hmm. um, they come back to you. They ask you to fill out this enormous application. It okay. was harder than applying to college. They have <laughs> essays and mm -hmm. history of your company, and you have to start di um, divulging your financial information and there's legal documents so what happens is the sharks don't know anything about you except for your name when you come okay. out but interesting their lawyers and their accountants have vetted you completely so okay. uh, so you keep on moving through steps and each mm -hmm. step involves more essays and more information and additional videos and it's, it's a very labor intensive process. And at every step of the way, they um, warn you that they mm -hmm. can eliminate you at any time. And okay. if you disagree with anything that they want in the mm -hmm. legal documents, well, they'll just move on to the next person. So it's, okay. you know, um, so it took, it took quite a long time. And then mm -hmm. finally about um, nine months in, Mm -hmm. I got accepted to be provisionally on the show and I started working with a team of producers mm -hmm. to write the script for that little opening part. You know, that's the only part of the show that's scripted okay. and, uh, and yeah, and move forward. But in fact, <laughs> I've had, I have two friends who have another wonderful brand mm -hmm. and they went all the way out to um, LA where their season was filmed and mm -hmm. then they were cut at the last minute. So they okay. went through the whole process and they actually flew there and they were about to film and they said no. So okay. It's really it's really touch and go, but it was worth every second. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I think yeah. even though you didn't really got what you're looking for, I think you got that, you know, the marketing piece. So yes. That, that uh, it really, it's the, I call it the marketing gift that keeps on giving because Brilliant. It's just gold. It's just yeah, gold. Really. Absolutely. I think, and you were so entertaining in that, right? So that kind oh, of put you on, on top of that. I really had a lot of fun, although, oh my gosh. So um, if you haven't seen the episode, I do some throwing of food in it. Yep, and, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, including some eggs and stuff that isn't in rule breaker snacks, but I really wanted to make a point. So I, I had to rehearse, I have terrible, terrible aim. And okay. I had to rehearse that over and over again in my apartment first in Brooklyn. And I kept on, I put down tarps and I put things up on the walls and I still was missing the, and I was getting eggs all over the place. And then <laughs> 
when I had to quarantine in my hotel room before the taping, mm -hmm. I had to rehearse, you know, to make sure I was still could keep and could do it. Mm -hmm. And I had to bring tarps with me and put them all up over <laughs> my hotel room so I wouldn't wreck it when okay. I was doing rehearsing. It was, but I did, I, I did have a lot of fun. It was great. Brilliant. Nancy, one final question. What's your vision for Jewel yeah. um, Breakers? Well, we are, we still have a lot of room to expand. We're, we've gotten pretty far. We're now a million dollar company plus, so that's really good. Okay. We are in about 3,500 stores across the U.S. We're just starting to export to other countries, and so okay. I want to follow that. I'm very excited about that. Um, we also, uh, we have, I've developed a new product that is very exciting. Interesting. I can't say too much. Okay. But I want to get funding partially because we need some pieces of equipment to be able to, but there's nothing like it on the market and I think it's going to be really good. So I want to do that. And then we're also just getting into um, channels, uh, you know, different aspects of the of CPG that we haven't before. So we are um, uh, in going into food service, which means restaurants and it means colleges and universities and hospitals and healthcare facilities. So I think that's going to be really interesting. So just kind of strategic, it, the challenge for us, since we're growing so quickly, is to try to grow quickly, but not overextend ourselves. Awesome. With that, Nancy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I truly appreciate your time. Thank you. I had such a good time. This was extremely fun. Thank you very much. <laughs>